0: No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie, bump it tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie, bump it tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie, bump it tonight. So... That? ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us, Tuesday Night Edition podcast, how are you? Hope you're good, hope you're relaxed, hope you had a nice day, because I certainly did so much to get through, etc. If you'd like to share the show out, you know how to do it. If not, well, whatever. don't have to. Uh, if you'd like to leave a tip during tonight's proceedings, you know exactly how to do that as well. It's the same as everyone else's. So if you're wandering over there and you take a little look, you know where to find me. Also, you know where to find me on Twitter as well. It's the same it's been for, I don't know, 10 years. It's still there. It's a small miracle. It's nice to know no one's paying attention. That's what I. That's the most joy that I get out of it. Yeah, I can pretty much do what I want around here. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've got an interesting one for you tonight. Yes, we are going to go behind the scenes of uh, law enforcement and see just what it takes to be uh, you know, a proud member of the safety squad, ladies and gentlemen. Out there keeping people safe on the streets, in the uh, quarantine facilities, making sure people can't catch Ubers or taxis into the city when required and whatnot, enforcing curfews. I mean, they're doing a bang up job out there. So, uh, you know, a local current affairs show here decided to go backstage with the team. You know, sit in on a couple of war game sessions, a couple of brainstorms, figure out just how the, how they're going to get on top of this public health crisis with, you know, more policing. Which is an interesting theory. If it works, I mean, trust the science. Where in the science does it say exactly that we need to have, you know, double the amount of riot squad driving around? <laughs> How does that fit into the science? Can you explain the scientific aspect uh, aspect of, you know, granting police powers to just like pull random people over and start questioning them about where they are? Show me your ID, where are you coming from? And of course, let's not forget, in too much of a hurry, the story yesterday. Now we're shooting dogs in the name of keeping people safe from COVID, which is again, an interesting thought. It's nice to know that we're being so safe here and being so well protected but before we do get to that i thought a nice break was in order so i've managed to fall ass backwards into what is probably the most uh self-aggrandizing article that i've seen so far in 2021 and it's a hot field let me tell you because there's been a lot of back patting obviously since biden won the election of course yeah i mean you, you expect it you know But this level of back patting, I mean, I'm surprised she was able to type out the story on the keyboard for, you know, I would expect her fingers to be broken. She was patting herself on the back that hard. (laughs) Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Tuesday night edition Daily Boogie podcast. Have a look at this. Like I said, I just stumbled into this one and it's good. Trust me, it's good. (laughs) How journalism saved Jeopardy from an unworthy host after an utter failure of corporate vetting just let it settle in get a feel for it okay you already know where she's coming from don't you that's what makes this so much fucking fun through the pandemic lockdown i shared an evening ritual with a friend a quick over-the-phone debrief about the episode of Jeopardy we had just watched at slightly different times. I mean, it sounds cute. Live, laugh, love. You know, a nice a nice little gab session in the PJs with a with a nice, you know, glass of Chardonnay, perhaps. Enjoying the Jeopardy. Going over the, the best moments with your friend, your equally vapid friend on the other end of the line. Oh, did you see when that bit happened? Yeah, it was so good, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Who do you think is going to be the host? I don't know. Do you like the current host? Not sure. Because that's where the article starts to get interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Did either of us know the final answer? The final question? Or rather, per the show's intentionally cumbersome rules, the question to the final answer? Would anyone ever again reach the heights of contestant James Holzhauer's 32-game winning streak Propelled by his daring, high stakes technique. As I said, I kind of stumbled on this article before. Just stumbled on it on the Washington Post, doing a little peruse, a digital flip of the paper, you know, the, the pages. Came across this. And what it is actually, you know, it's deceiving. It looks like an article, it's presented like an article. But an article, it is not. It's, it's a memoir. It's, it's the author's memoir. She's, recal- she's recalling a moment in her own life. Which, you know, because the article is about Jeopardy, but Jeopardy is not the focus of the article. She is the focus of the article. It's about her experience with Jeopardy, not about Jeopardy, right? I love this shit. The article can the quote unquote art the blog continues. My friend and I were in agreement about Mike Richards, the show's executive producer who took a turn in front of the camera in February, standing in for the late and legendary longtime host Alex Trebek. To us, Richards seemed a, a little well smarmy. Do you see what's happening here? This there is so much to this. There is so much going on here. So Her and her girlfriend, right? You can just imagine it. Uh, Zoom call after Jeopardy, PJs, glass of wine, underneath the Live, Laugh, Love sign on the wall, okay? Talking about Jeopardy, getting in, you know, gossiping, making little jokes and stuff. So we've already discovered that they think this host to be smarmy. He's a smarmy. They don't like him, right? No, I don't like this producer guy. He's a bit smarmy. And then you might think to yourself, well, did one of them at some point then think to themselves, well, we're in the media. We can do something about this. (laughs) Do you think one of them had that thought? Press one in the chat if you think at least one of these journalists had the thought, I don't like this guy. He's smarmy. Let's see what we can dig up on this cat. If, If you think one of them thought that way, press one in the chat. If not, if you think it's all above board, press two. What do you think? See ones See ones. Well, if you chose one in our little quiz, then you won't be surprised by what you're about to hear. But you will, I promise, you will be entertained. You're expecting it, but you don't expect it to be like this. Trust me. All right. So we're we're, we're watching Jeopardy. We're girlfriends having a gab session on Zoom in our pyjamas with our white wine, specifically, underneath the Live, Laugh, Love sign. We don't like the new host. He's a bit smarmy. He's a smarmy little white prick, I reckon. I reckon smarmy little white man would have been thrown around the room at some stage it would have been on the table of insults for sure i mean if you if <laughs> women like to pretend if you don't know them that they never have these kind of bitch sessions where they're just slagging everybody off they're fucking they're vicious <laughs> they are like vicious pythons when they're in that mood and don't get anywhere near them that they latch on then you can't shake him off. Your friend could hit her on the back of the head with a shovel and she would not let go of you. I've seen it. <laughs> they happen. It's real. It's real. My friend and I were in agreement about the Mike Richards show, executive producer who took a turn in front of the camera in February, standing in for the late legendary longtime host Alex Trebek to ask, Richard seemed little well smarmy. This, despite the fact that he was neither as knowledgeable. And quick on his feet as former champion Ken Jennings, nor as as charming as journalist Anderson Cooper or Katie Couric, the ch- the charming Anderson Cooper. I've never heard that before. Hand on heart, I have never heard in all of my years of you know anal retentive followship of media and conversation trends in the media and stuff. I have never once heard Anderson Cooper be referred to as. Charming. (laughs) Never. Robotic. Blank. It's just blank. He's a Westworld host that hasn't had the full implementation of all the software yet. Just basic responses only. Charming. The charming Anderson Cooper. He'd be very pleased to hear that, I think. And he wasn't as nearly as all-round terrific as actor LeVar Burton. My friend and I considered boycotting Jeopardy over this decision, though that would have meant forfeiting our pop culture comfort food. (laughs) I told you, this article is not an article about Jeopardy. This article is a blog post about the author herself. It's in the Washington Post, where democracy dies in darkness. But you're about to see that it's far more than that. It's not just an article about what they think of the Jeopardy guy. No, no, it's much more than that. This is more like at the end of a James Bond movie when the villain reveals his evil plan to James Bond right before he tries to kill him. That's what this reads like, because what you're about to see is the author and, you know, the other party in this little story... Uh, just openly talk about how they went through, They once they decided they didn't like this guy, he was smarmy, that's it. It was Operation Takeout Jeopardy host. And they set themselves a task. And they completed the task with such pace and de- and dexterity that it would make, you know, 4chan guys, 4chan autists would go, ooh, good work. Because they got, him that, they got him that quick. And wait until you hear the effort that they put in to get this guy who I didn't even know existed last week. Never heard of him. And I, I do love the fact that it's basically, a you know, it's a journalism circle jerk, this article. So we're congratulating ourselves. Job well done, everyone. Job well done. Oh, what did you do? Did you get to the bottom of the Afghan situation? No, 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 we didn't do that. Didn't you hear the president? He said everything's all right. Oh, okay, good enough for me. Uh, what, el- what else? Oh, did something happen in the COVID, you know, situation? No, no, no. We haven't un- unearthed any kind of new data or anything of relevance. We're just ca- we're just carrying on with the continual battering of the population, telling them every half hour if we can on the on the dot, telling them just how terrible and dangerous everything is outside for them. Uh, so we're doing that. Oh, okay. So what have you got then? Well. We took out the Jeopardy host. Well done, everyone. Huh? Well done. And now let's do a blog post about our journey of taking down the Jeopardy host in this time of when we all need crucial news. I mean, this is money well spent. This is, But to be fair, this is why I subscribe to the Washington Post for these moments. I couldn't go without my Washington Post. I need it. I need to have drivel like this delivered to my inbox on the daily. (laughs) It makes life worth living. Makes me want to get up in the morning. All right. What are these crazy assholes talking about now? (laughs) It's my pleasure. Have a listen to this. Happily, we won't have to do that now. Happily, we've got rid of him. Thanks to Claire McNear of The Ringer, the reporter and author who diligently did what Sony, the show's parent company, failed to do mcnear vetted richards with material that was out there in plain sight finding many instances of sexist and offensive remarks he had made on a podcast aptly titled the random show sexist and offensive you say interesting would you say it was more sexist or more was there any racism in there would you say perhaps if, if one, if I could inquire, how offensive would you say it was? Were there a lot of uh, N-words and K-words and C-words and all the rest of it? And where exactly do I find this podcast? <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Okay, so The Random Show. Including calling his co-host a, quote, booth slut... And using... That's offensive, apparently. So does that mean that there's a guy and a girl on the podcast and the girl is sitting in the booth, you know, the recording booth with him as he's doing the podcast and he refers to her as a booth slut? Ooh. I I can imagine that the steam would have been coming out of the the author's ears at that point. Oh, how do I get him now? Booth slut, huh? Ted Dabrowski, with the most pertinent question of all the questions, a what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going with it. That's the thing. Like, it, the insult to these people, the insult doesn't even have to make sense. Right? You know, the, you, you you when you can find racism, the insults don't have to be real insults. Booth slut. Okay, whatever. <laughs> No, 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 no. This is offensive to all women everywhere. Oh, is it? No. I mean, that's pretty dramatic, wouldn't you say? I mean, don't get a, you know, don't get hysterical about it. <laughs> I didn't want to turn it into a thing. Okay. Whew. Listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. So McNair vetted Richards with material that was once out there in plain sight, finding many instances of sexist and offensive remarks he had made on a podcast aptly titled, quote, The Random Show, (laughs) including calling his co-host a booth slut and using crude stereotypes about Jews, Asians and poor people. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. More and more. I'm starting to wish this guy was the host of Jeopardy. More and more. You see what you're doing? For instance, this is, this is the line that got me. This is the line that killed me. For instance, in one of the 41 episodes McNair listened to, a guest made a non-specific comment about big noses. 41 episodes of hate listening. Imagine that. How long was the episode? Like, I'm going to... Is it like half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour? 41 episodes to, you know, dig in, start sniffing around down there. I mean, it takes commitment. And I respect that kind of... That level of commitment. I really do. But Jesus... Like I said, if you thought there were only kind of internet autists on one side, you'd be sadly mistaken. <laughs> they, they have their own kind of weaponized autism as well. They just deploy it in a different fashion. They're not looking for flags left on hills by, you know, B grade celebrities. No, no, they're looking, They're they're rummaging through your garbage like a raccoon. <laughs> like a common street pest just a different approach. Same weapon, different different method. One shoots from the hip and the other one turns it sideways like in those 90s gangster movies. For instance, in one of the 41 episodes McNair listened to, a guest made a non-specific comment about big noses. Xnay on the o'snay. Richards interjected, in pig Latin, this is in parentheses, in Pig Latin, always a tremendously sophisticated move. So a little bit of a little bit of commentary there from the author, which is a nice touch, isn't it? So it's because it's not just about um, setting fire on his brand and his image and all that stuff. No, no, this article is about reaching out. This is about helping. You see, those kinds of you know snarky little remarks. That's just that's just them showing compassion. "Quote: She's not an UJ." Eh? responding to the ringers reporting the anti-defamation league tweeted (laughs) so he got a response for this for that moment that you just heard there and i kind of wish i had the audio for it now that would be much better but regardless for that for that little to and fro there that out of 40 they listened again i have to this is we must stress this this is the foundation for everything that follows she listened to 41 episodes to get that 41 episodes it's Fucking like I said, that's commit. It's like it's like people breaking the the Enigma coding machine in fucking World War II. Just a team of people working round the clock, listening, hate listening to this guy's old podcast of from years ago. How bizarre! You know, maybe they deserve the political ascendancy because there's no way I'm doing that. Maybe they're just more committed to winning than the other than their opposition are, don't you think? If you can sit down and hate listen to 41 episodes of any podcast, and you know, I think you almost deserve a scalp at the end of it. <laughs> Cause fuck it, God bless that, that level of commitment. If someone said, hey, man, you want to get involved in the culture war? We're going to hate listen to podcasts, probably 40 or 50 of them, until we can find a couple of comments and then take them down. I'd be like, no, I'm out. (laughs) No. Tell you what, I'll make sandwiches. How do you like that? I make a hell of a chicken and salad sandwich. You guys, you boys should try it. Now you get in there. Get on the phone. Let's go. Time is money. So the Anti-Defamation League is now involved in the story of the, of the one-time Jeopardy host, which was taken down by, according to this article, if it is true, which is suspect, but if the account of the, the person, the witness, is true, then they were taken down by a couple of cackling hens <laughs> in pyjamas drinking wine under a Live, Laugh, Love sign. Because they thought he was smarmy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. What do I care? (laughs) Like I said, it's fucking commitment. The Anti-Defamation League tweeted, quote, Stereotyping is an entry point to hate. Like Like a vortex, I imagine. I think that's what they're getting at. Like a portal into time. You know, like after Thanos wins... In Infinity War he just kind of opens a porthole in space and just kind of steps through it alright see you later I think that's what they're talking about stereotyping is an entry point to hate it's also helpful if you can read ancient hieroglyphics though that would help a lot around here because we found a thing but we can't get it open and I don't know what we're gonna do I told you it's a fucking hell of an article listen to this this is when this is when the moral judgments start flooding in. <laughs> it's not as if Richard's made these comments as a goofy teenager podcasting from his parents' basement. Yes, she used the parents' basement line. She used she used the parents' basement line on a fully grown man who very clearly does not live in his parents' basement. Who was at one time the executive producer of one of the world's most famous game shows and then its host and has now been reduced to a smarmy prick that we had to take down because when we listened to 41 episodes of his years-old podcast, we discovered in one of those episodes, somebody made a comment about Big Noses and the Anti-Defamation League said stereotyping is an entry point to eight Quote, this reported pattern warrants an investigation. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not lying. How do you like that? It sound. It does set rice man with a very good point. It sounds like poor Ollie Robinson. It does. Did this guy apologise though? Because remember, the whole thing to the Ollie Robinson affair was he did the same apology three different times on three different platforms. <laughs> the exact same apology, word for word. So he did it once for the television audience, once for you know the streaming audience, once at the press conference, once out on the field. He did it more than three times. I could only find three. And we played them all like at the same time. It was beautiful. It was like a harmony of apologies. Just to say, I'm very sorry. Sorry for all the things I've said. Poor Ollie. And then he was dropped from the team because tweets. And, it, you know, it was the kind of typical mindless stuff where it's like, yeah, I'm going to go out and get some pussy or something. When he was like 19, who gives a fuck? Who cares? But that's the underside um, to the internet, isn't it? And again, I'll stress like the kids now who are like six, 16, 17, 18, who never had a childhood without the internet in some way, shape or form. I mean, it's going to be a different world of tomorrow. Because attitudes will be different. If if you're, you know, of a similar age to me, and I know some of you are, and some of you are maybe a little older or a little younger, but if, if you're around this similar age to us, then our, our internet experience and what we idealise it as is completely different to a lot of younger people, you know. Because for them, it, it's... I mean, think of the last two years. They've been doing everything over fucking Zoom. They've been visiting visiting parents via Zoom or maybe grandparents or whatever. They've been doing their classes on Zoom, right? So for them, it's um, it's a way of life. It's not a toy. I think if you're a little bit older, it's, it's a toy, you know? At least it can be if you want to have fun. But... Those ugly podcast comments weren't the only problem. There had been two discrimination lawsuits from models on the show naming Richards, one of them citing, quote, his insensitive jibes towards pregnant women. (laughs) Oh, when they go... Like I said, when they go in for you, they go in hard. They're like a fucking Rottweiler in there. They really do fucking hook in, don't they? All right. That's enough of that. we got shit to get to here. Uh, I'm going to skip that one. Here's a quick announcement from the Premier of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Andrews. Hey, just two more weeks, you guys. Sunday, I think, is going to be quite a nice day. Yep. At home. At home. Otherwise, it'll
1: be lots of Sundays spent in hospital. <laughs>
0: it's getting fun. Holy cow. Want to hear it again? That was a heel turn. He was doing, he was doing like a comic dramatic turn then. Did you see that shit? He's like, "To, you know, tomorrow's going to be a very beautiful day, and then, you know, at home. <laughs> and he meant it. He was really doing it. Look, watch again. Sunday, I think, is going to be quite a nice day. Yep, at home. At home. (laughs) Otherwise, it'll be lots of Sundays spent in hospital. (laughs) I mean, it just, it sounds like the kind of threat you'd get from a bouncer at a nightclub when they're trying to kick you out. It really does. Don't you think? It's it's it sounds like the guy saying, "Look, mate, if you don't fuck off now, you won't. You your next Saturday is going to be in fucking hospital, mate."
1: <laughs> All right,
0: sorry, bro. I'm, doesn't matter. I hate your shitty club anyway. Never coming back. <laughs> you know the typical. One more time. Sunday, I think, is going to be quite a nice day. Yep. Yep. At home. At home. At home. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be lots of Sundays spent in hospital. <laughs> wild, isn't it? It's wild. Gets even better. Gets even better. Look. Pastor told congregation quote, lockdown is over before illegal church gathering was shut down by police. Thank God. You know, for me personally, there's nothing more frightening than a group of uh, immigrant Christians gathering together on church to pray for Jesus in better times. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a horrific thought. That's terrifying, don't you think? I mean, think of the super-spreading possibilities. COVID is our God now. <laughs> I tell you, COVID won't allow this. Fuck you, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, Angelus for the diamond. Thank you for the diamond, sir. This is my Emmy for all the Aussie politicians. Thank you, sir. Yep. So COVID's running a show now. Sorry. And you know, the various authorities who are making sure people are locking down and not gathering in illegal church gatherings and whatnot. Uh, you know, the, the frontline workers, as we like to call them. Those types. Um Obviously, (laughs) without them, we'd be lost, wouldn't we?
1: We declare
0: that lockdowns are over in the name of Jesus. Lockdowns are over in the cities of New South Wales.
1: It's unclear.
0: Now, I'm just going to put this out there. I haven't listened to that before, and I could be wrong. But my first thought when hearing that is... My first thought when hearing that is he's not saying they're over. To me, it sounded like he was praying for them to be over. But he's... Obviously, English isn't his first language, right? You can tell by the very, very thick accent that he's learnt English. And maybe he's not saying it in a way that's obvious, if that makes sense. Because it sounds to me like he's going, please, Jesus, end lockdowns. And I guess they think that he was saying, no, like it sounded like, yes, lockdowns are over in New South Wales. But I think it, he was praying, you know, because it was like, hear me, Jesus, kind of stuff. Um but maybe they think that he was just saying, no, it's over. So everyone now just open your shops. <laughs> I am I am the Premier now and I declare, I now run the police and I'm declaring that it's over. I, I guess they think that he was saying that, but I would find that a little hard to believe. I don't think he thinks that he's in charge, <laughs> right? He doesn't, does he? Nonetheless... It does sound like an illegal church gathering to me, so let's double check. We declare that lockdowns are over in the name of Jesus. See what I mean?
1: Lockdowns are over in the cities of New South Wales. It's unclear what passage this pastor is preaching from, but it's not the public health order. (laughs)
0: Wow, that was smarmy. (laughs) Holy shit. That was like a poison dart to the neck. (laughs) Fucking hell. We're not sure what scripture he's preaching on, but it's not the public health order. (laughs) You see what I mean? (laughs) now COVID is in 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 command, COVID's running the show so sorry Jesus, COVID is now in charge and COVID says your gathering is illegal and you must go home and now here are the authorities to enforce the law of COVID, the health we call them the health guidelines but it it is the rule of COVID now we're going to have to shoot your dogs (laughs) Because COVID. I mean, fuck, mate. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's. I'm sure I'm in trouble now for not taking it seriously enough.
1: This pastor is preaching from, but it's not the public health order.
0: Just <laughs> so that line. Is just fucking Ella. <laughs> I mean, that's a new level of smarminess to criticize a pastor for not preaching the public health orders. <laughs> it's just <this> next level. <laughs> and then, and then he said unto them, "Maintain your social distance, my children, and wear thine masks, for the COVID stalks the earth. He is the devil, and he lives in all of your unvaccinated friends." <laughs> So keep your distance, my child. Get the jab as soon as possible. Keep your distance. Lock yourself in your home until the saviour arrives. Sounds like a hell of a plan. All right, Jesus, you heard the man. Now fuck off. Get out of this church immediately. COVID's running this shit now.
1: His church, the Christ Embassy in Blacktown.
0: I mean, it's the Christ Embassy. I mean, good luck to him. This is an industrial area's offices, you know what I mean? Like, these parts of the buildings here on top, this is in, like, a lot of trucks driving around here. People making shit out of wood and metal, you know, occupy these kinds of spaces, right, in the western part of Sydney. (laughs) So, I mean, good luck to him. Good on him. He's got a church going in the industrial estate in the middle of all the factories and shit. Sure, it's very popular.
1: Health Order. His church, the Christ Embassy in Blacktown, is in lockdown.
0: It's a great picture on it too. It's a, there's a little bit of Saul Goodman about the picture there. Look at this. That's fantastic. The Christ Embassy in Sydney. And he's if you're listening to the podcast, he's wearing a very slick suit and he's kind of doing a little point at the camera, like cool guy. Very nice touch. I feel closer to Jesus
1: in lockdown. Hard lockdown. Hard and lockdown. some of the 60 people sprung at a service last night had travelled from other hotspots including Fairfield, Liverpool and Canterbury Bank.
0: I mean, look at this I love the language being used. 60 people were sprung at this, you know, illegal church gathering, right? <laughs> we sprung them, sir. This is a stick up. Put all of your Jesus worship shit in the air immediately. Praise the Lord. Okay, <laughs> empty your wallet. <laughs> but so look at this. Just just lining them up as they come out of the church, taking all their names, so they can give them a fine for illegal for an illegal gathering. I mean, it's not bad. I, this is a lot more effective than you know just randomly pulling people over. If you can just get them to casually, you know, if you can get them to calmly line up as they leave the premises and you can just hand out the tickets as they go, I mean, that's much better than... Otherwise, you're driving around, you're burning fuel, you know. People are just trying to get around in this shitty time. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. This is much better. If if we're about making money here, I don't know if that's... Is that what we're doing, Premier? Are we making money? It's not our, ten, it's not our intention to make money. No, no, no. But we're making a fucking shitload, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. Cause now some of the fines are like three three grand, five grand, which would be like three grand American. And you know, some weekends they're handing out four or five fucking hundred of these things. There is a lot of money coming in. Via this this there is who knew that keeping people safe was so goddamn lucrative? I had no idea. If only I had a known, I could have invested in something, done something. Who knew that keeping that protecting people involved making so much fucking coin on the other side of it? I mean it's it's a blessing really. Thank God for COVID. <laughs> now we've finally got money coming in.
1: Poor uncountable bastard.
0: Winning TV with a diamond dlive.tv/slash winning TV coming up at seven o'clock. By the way, citizen, you are in violation of the government rules. They're not even government rules. They're healthcare guidelines. They're health guidelines, Phil. They're not even government rules. The government is outsourcing the rules to the health professionals, and you know you you are in violation of the health order or the health act or whatever it's called. There's no law. It's against the law to not follow... You know how they get around that? It's against the law to not follow the Health Act. That's what it is. So the Health Act can be whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And you can write anything into the Health Act. Oh, you know, the Health Act isn't the law. No, of course not. How silly of me. No, no, the law is you must do what the Health Act says. It's not the Health Act. That's basically it. That's the semantics of it. This is why I've said before they slowly strangle you with bureaucratic protocol and you know bureaucratic processes. They they bureaucratize you out of freedom. It's not like you vote for a fascist. It's not like you vote for somebody to oppress you. That seldom happens. They just do it slowly over time via the bureaucracy. Hey, you can't enforce the health order. You're right. We don't enforce the health order. But we do enforce the law that says it's against the law to not follow the health order. That's how it goes. That'll never happen here. Never, ever. All right. Let's check this out. Let's go behind the scenes. Now, this is a clip from a show here called A Current Affair. And this is Tracy. Hi, Trace. Now, A Current Affair is generally the stomping ground of things stories like, ranging from uh, where to buy the cheapest milk, how come petrol is so expensive, where to get the kids going back to school, clothing and, you know, office supplies, uh, tradespeople who rip off homeowners, dodgy mechanics, right? These are the kinds of stories that you get on A Current Affair. Now, this one is a little bit different. As you know, a lot of police operations happening here at the moment. We watched some clips yesterday. I noted that in one of the clips yesterday, there was, you know, a guy on the ground and the the police, you know, the officer had his knee on the guy's neck as he was on the ground. And it was like, oh, thank God, this is the knee of justice now, cleaning up the streets of these evil, science-denying... You know, super spreaders. <laughs> Whereas this time, twelve months ago, uh, putting your knee on a you know, a person when you're a police officer on the street. Definitely a bad thing to do, I've been told. In fact they banned it. And they banned people from doing it in the States. But now it's like, yeah, good. Take down that super spreader. Fuck it. Take down that potential biohazard. <laughs> it really is something. So there's a lot of that going on, a lot of operations happening. And, you know, if we're going to solve COVID with more policing and more regulations and more laws and more criminalizing of behaviors, right, if that's the only way out, quote, unquote, then we haven't even started yet, which is an interesting thought. Anyway, so this show that normally deals in uh, bad mechanics and where to buy cheap milk. Decided to go behind the scenes with law enforcement to see how, you know, what makes their operation tick. Let's have a look. Operation
1: Stay at Home is a police crackdown like no other. We're about to take you inside the war room as cops
0: hit the highways. It's called the war room. (laughs) It's called the war room. We're going to take you inside the war room because why? You've, okay, you had the war on drugs, you had the war on terror. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the war on COVID. Wow, I think this is gonna go really well. Hey, can we please grant the authorities even more surveillance powers? Yes, we can. Yes, we're gonna beat COVID, finally. Welcome to the War on COVID. Let's go behind the scenes of the war room now as we prepare to hit the highways to tackle this virus head on. I mean, the euphemisms write themselves. You don't even have to try. They just roll off the tongue. Roll off the tongue like another vaccine rolling off to the assembly line to get to the front lines in the war of COVID. I mean, it's fucking... (laughs) Let's go! Let's go! Come on! The war room as cops the hit the room. highways. <laughs> Head out on the highway, da, na, 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 na. looking for adventure.
1: Operation Stay at Home is Operation a crackdown like no other. When it We're- comes,
0: when it comes to the names of operations, Stay at Home isn't the most awe-inspiring, is it? I mean, we could have gone with something I don't know, something like Operation Rising Phoenix. <laughs> Operation Perched Fury. Whatever. Who cares what it is? Anything. Anything. No, no, it's Operation Stay at Home. Wow, that's creative. What are we paying you for? Who's writing this shit? Come on. If you're gonna lock us in our homes, at least be creative. Alright, the Stay at Home Brigade is here again, I guess. <laughs>
1: about to take you inside the war room I Those want to see cops the, war hit the highways room, to lock down New South Wales mm. and our cameras Good. were there when another two removalists were caught out and oh. slapped with big fines.
0: Good. Oh, we're going to see some punishment out there on the streets. This is going to be fantastic. I, I imagine this is going to be like, remember that show Cops? Was it Cops? I think it was Cops. Bad boys, bad boys, right? It's going to be like an episode of Cops. We're going to go out and we're going to catch ourselves some COVID criminals out there on the streets fucking looking forward to this finally the long arm of the law catches up with these infected individuals
1: his crime editor simon Voda.
0: Now, yep. look at this it's all very professional in there we've got colorful maps of sydney look at this and i'm sure this is just what it looks like every day with the nice you know the pristine <laughs> everything's in order We've got so many big, colourful maps here. How can we go wrong? <laughs> I'm sure it's like this every single time. Listen to the music. Listen to the music, to make sure we sort of ring-fence that as best we can. Two generals. We'd be using traffic in a highway patrol at a number of designated points on the... Two, gen- two generals. Okay, so you've got to keep track of this shit because it moves very quickly. I'm telling you. Okay, so we're in the war room. It's the war on COVID, we're in the war room, we have two generals directing the army. I mean, look, if you look at this image here, right? And look at this footage, look again, the maps on the table, like the big open table, right? We're moving pieces around. What does that shit remind you of? 10 internets to the person who gets it right. Where else would you see that kind of imagery in a movie? Like what, what would the movie be depicting? You tell me. <laughs> Arthur Blake in the chat. Arthur Blake in the chat. Hitler had pretty big maps. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I know you were joking, but yes. Everybody had a big map back then. Let's not kid ourselves. Maybe the Germans was bigger, but then I think they'd argue about who had to fold it up and what was the best way to fold it. No, I think we go along the length phase first. You're mad. <laughs> of course we folded the phase first. How else are we going to make it fit in the trunk? Idiot. But yes, World War II movie. So we've got, we've got Operation Stay at Home, which is part of the war on COVID. Now let's go live to the war room where our two generals are looking over maps as though it was World War II. And I'm, I'm obviously all of this is just accidental, right? This is not trying to promote anything or what have you. I mean, this kind of content has nothing to do with the fact that there were like a lot of protests and stuff on the weekend, right? You know, this has nothing to do with that. This is just, Wow, we just had this story. We just happened to have this footage lying here in this drawer ready to go, specifically for this week. Yeah. Right?
1: We sort of ring-fence that as best we can.
0: Listen to this. Two generals. We'd be using traffic in a hollow patrol at a number of designated points on the arterial roads to make sure.
1: Drawing up sure. battle plans as the Iron Curtain is drawn on New South Wales.
0: So if you were keeping track of your tyranny bingo cards there at home, if you were playing along, you'll note that you have war room, generals, maps, crackdown, battle plan, (laughs) iron curtain (laughs) to complete the trifecta. Oh. Things are going really well here
1: I've been to the top of Mount Everest I've sailed the seven seas I've shared the stage with all the best Lot of good it did for
0: me I mean, it can't get much, can't get much better than this And remember, this is all about your safety Don't forget, stick around In about four or five minutes from now, five or six minutes from now, or thereabouts, our good friend Winning TV will be doing something, I think, with Kitty B on Tuesday. So check him out, dLive.tv slash Winning TV. Don't forget to follow our friends as well. Uh, Rational Times, I saw in here not that long ago. Coffee Talk with Sandra, the rice man. With the diamond, forget China, COVID is the real threat. No, freedom is the real threat, Rusty. Freedom is the real threat. Uh, Tip of the hat to the ROTC guys JJ Stoner of course Royce Lopez, Joy of Pessy, Frozen Asian uh, At Real Person PLTCS, of course Uh, I've probably forgotten somebody I do try but I'm not taking notes That would be gay Alright let's carry on here We've drawn the battle lines We're behind the iron curtain Let's fucking rock and roll I mean it's not going to be long I'm going to look forward to when they build the Thunderdome over my house That's going to be something at least, if we survive, we'll have a lot of great stories for the grandkids—someone else's grandkids, because you know, obviously, my family would be slaughtered. Otherwise, I wouldn't be the hero. I did and
1: I've the
0: world. Two generals. We'd be using traffic in a patrol. That- Two generals, one battle plan, one war—the war on COVID. A number of designated points on the arterial roads to make sure.
1: Drawing up sure. battle plans as the Iron sense. Curtain
0: yeah, is drawn
1: on New South Wales. Yeah,
0: I mean, and these are encouraging things. You know, you may not believe this, but I am telling you, hand on my heart, the God's honest truth. The majority of people who watch this specific program, when they saw that, they would have cheered in their lounge rooms. I'm not lying. What oh, I did not, the not lying, world. the audience of this program would have said, "Good, fucking, it's about time we, it's about time we put the iron curtain around this." I mean, everybody likes their freedom, but not during a pandemic, bro. You've got to keep people safe out there. Why are these people out there putting me at risk? It's the truth. If you're somebody who's motivated by like individual rights, individual liberties, and you're you're kind of a more of a libertarian minded person right now in this scenario, where the way to deal with a health situation is through enforcement and policing and, you know, surveillance and uh, all of that stuff. If you're living in this environment and you're kind of a more libertarian, you are public enemy number fucking one. perfect was that. I didn't know that was going to play. But I just call it free. Sometimes my playlist, because I just have it on random and then I turn it up and down as I please, but it just plays constantly. I'm not adjusting the songs. Sometimes it just aligns with shit like that. So if you're a more libertarian minded person right now in this environment between these two extremes, you're public enemy number one, because they, you're the one that doesn't care apparently about people dying and shit. You have a problem when dogs get shot. That's not nice. And they don't. They don't care. You're the one that's annoyingly putting your hand up every single time and going, hey, look, I'm not sure that this kind of random, heavy-handed approach is going to endear you to the public that you're trying to get support from. I'm not sure that's good. Shut up, you science denier. (laughs) That's 2021. 2021 has been an absolute shit of a year. It really has. This is literally a war. It's
1: literally a war, she says.
0: This is literally a war. So for anybody who was going to accuse me of kind of, you know, stretching things a little too far or perhaps being a little too hyperbolic. No, 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 that was the premiere. This is literally a war.
1: (laughs) These are the two men orchestrating them. This
0: is the battle room. This is the war room. We're generating battle plans. These are the generals. This is literally a war. You cannot get any more upfront and honest than that. My
1: heartstrings are pulling.
0: You can't. You You couldn't get more honest than that if you tried. All right, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Stick around right for Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. I'll be back tomorrow. Till next time, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.